Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Granite Talk. My name is Tim Finan, and I will be your host for today's episode. Today, we bring you part two of my interview with Rick Holder, owner and CEO of Hampshire Hills here in Milford. If you have not yet had the chance to listen to part one, this episode can certainly stand on its own. But if you listen to part one first, you may get some additional context or some background to some of the stories. We pick up today's discussion with Rick talking about some of the more interesting events that Hampshire Hills has hosted over the years. I hope you enjoy the conversation. So uh, what other uh, big events have you had? I know you you have a lot of, not a lot, but you've had presidential campaigns at the We actually hosted the uh, largest political dinner in New Hampshire history. That's right. It was the Democratic something or other, the dinner or something like that. Right, right. Uh, Democratic uh, uh, Committee di- dinner, and their guest speakers were President Obama. He wasn't the president at the time, but he was running. Right. So Hillary Clinton spoke. Uh, a whole bunch of uh, uh, politicians spoke. It was amazing. Uh, we had we had cars parked everywhere, you, every field you could possibly find to park cars on. Uh, I know I had to run down into Chapel's field to rescue Jean Shaheen, who was <laughs> lost in the woods down there the <laughs> farm. And I had to uh, bring her up the back way through the trees of, of Chapel's uh, uh, back roads there. And wow. got her in, and then I rescued. Governor Lynch at the time, because he was stuck in traffic on the other side. But uh, everything worked out amazingly. We had, I think, uh, somewhere around 10 uh, satellite trucks uh, there. Uh, We had uh, set up for 400 press. We wound up having about 220 press, but still that's a lot of press. All I can remember was we had we had set up seven field kitchens in addition to our main kitchen and our cafe kitchen. We had seven uh, field kitchens, wow. and uh, they were all pumping out food like crazy. Don't forget, these people were – this was a sit-down dinner uh, with uh, just about every delectable you, you could ever want to see. We had 10 bars set up. Uh, both beer and wine bars and regular uh, full serve bars. Uh, it was it was something I'll never I'll never forget it because of the the photos to this day. Just watching C-SPAN and 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 the, the delivery of the speeches they were amazing. Mm. Uh, for Hillary, I, 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 I stood alone with Bill Clinton for the whole speech, and he's talking my ear off about how they're going to win New Hampshire and what their strategy is. I'm trying to watch Hillary on a on a nine inch screen that C-SPAN had had loaned us. Wow. And uh, the whole evening was just amazing. There were so many details. I could probably write a book just on, on, on that event and the, <laughs> and the food and the way that our team worked to get it out. And there was lots and lots and lots of shrimp, including Dennis Kucinich. Wow. Yeah, I remember trying to calling everybody I could think of to try to get into that thing. But it was <laughs> tickets were hard to get. Should have called me. <laughs> in, in, next time I will <laughs> okay okay. I'll, I'll tell you when Trump came I, I, I never got so many phone calls in my life as when Trump uh, when Trump was uh, slated to come it was uh, 
I, I, I can imagine. Yeah. So that when when was that was probably 2016. I'm guessing. Yes. Yeah. It was. Uh, so where did he speak? Well, originally they had the dome uh, lined up, and then they decided that if they didn't get the numbers, the dome might look empty. Mm-hmm. So you need to make the. You could put eight thousand people in the dome, and it would be fine, but with three thousand people, hmm, not so much. So uh, you'd have to take all your 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 film, your all your video would have to be from uh, you know certain angles. So uh, with about two weeks to go, they called us and said that they're not going to do it, uh, but they would be interested in using Hampshire Hills. Oh. Well, whereabouts in Hampshire Hills? Well, let let uh, let our guys come up. So Corey Lewandowski came up, and he scouted it all out, and he said, "Well, I think we'll take tennis courts one, two, and three. Then, as it got closer, and don't forget the Iowa caucuses uh, just before their visit to New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Uh, as it got closer, maybe maybe not. <clears throat> Let's go with courts four and five. And then as it got closer, yeah, we want courts four and five, but we'll reserve one, two, and three just in case it looks like we got more people signing up. And then as we got closer, they wanted, they wanted the group exercise studio for uh, Trump to meet uh, a bunch of uh, special supporters. And, and then they needed the John, uh, the John Burns room, the big room you looked at today, mm-hmm. for, for a press uh, meeting. And so they wound up with basically the whole uh, the whole whole of Hampshire Hills, and ironically, they used most of it. It was mm. uh, it was uh, it was amazing. Uh, I I I met him for the first time as he came out of the men's bathroom upstairs near the near the restaurant. <clears throat> oh, as you claim to fame. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, my real claim to fame is when uh, H.W. Bush and I went into that bathroom uh, by ourselves, <clears throat> and I just checked the stalls, make sure no one was in there. There was an associate, there was a uh, Secret Service guy outside by the pool door, and uh, so I, ch- I checked the, the stall doors, and we're going to go in and kind of uh, talk while we relieved ourselves. But before we could, this uh, wonderful guy, Brazilian housekeeper in his uh, early 50s, a very uh, diminutive fellow who didn't speak any English. He's Portuguese from Brazil. And he looks up and he sees me and the president. And whenever he would see me, instead of you know trying to shake my hand or something, he would always bow courteously and click his heels together. Hmm. So <laughs> he... I, we were going in, and he reached down, pulled out the uh, bag liner for the garbage can, and looked at me, clicked his heels together, bowed, and said, "Sir, sir," and walked right past the president of the United States. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, and Bush got a chuckle out of it. Actually, it was kind of cool. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a lovely funny. person. He and Barbara were uh, there to support uh, W. Oh, okay. Run in two thousand. Yeah. And uh, so Laurie and I uh, 
entertained them for about 45 minutes because W's bus was held up in traffic. They couldn't get off the highway and down onto Emerson Road. Hmm. Talked about wonderful things. Uh, he, uh, I grew up in Wells and would go down to Walker's Point often for our Sunday, the little Sunday lunch that my dad loved going down there. There's a little place called Thunder Hole that made yep. a lovely clapping noise. And uh, so growing up uh, in the 40s and 50s, it was a wonderful place for us to be. So I talked about a lot of the stuff down there mm-hmm. and uh, my all my lobster traps when I was a kid. And my wife talked with Barbara about tennis a lot because uh, Barbara uh, was a tennis nut. She loved uh, loved tennis. And so we had a wonderful time. Well, uh, fast forward 45 minutes and in comes W with about eight Texas Rangers, um, his wife, Laura, and uh, uh, Liddy Dole was with them, wow. and, uh, and Colucci and his wife. Uh, they were all, they all barged into the room with, with just the four of us who were standing there. Well, W comes up to you, and, you know, we're go- I'm going to shake hands. He grabs you. He grabs your hand, and then he pulls you up tight like, you know, he's known you right. for He's the antithesis of of uh, HW. They're both great, but uh, I'll tell you, it was quite a uh, what's the word? Quite a juxta- uh, qu- quite a contrast between yeah. the two of them. Uh, That's interesting. But, yeah, but HW just had a, a way about him, just so uh, so interesting. His stories were interesting, and his manner was. Uh, was I don't know how to say anything but diplomatic. Yep, yep. Oh, that's good. So, wow. So, have you have you hit every president? Let's see. Uh, back to Ray. Did have you met Reagan? Uh, yes, uh, but Reagan was there actually before me. But I met him at, at another event uh, the same year that he was at Hampshire Hills. He was at Hampshire Hills in 1980, and. Uh, uh, when I met uh, the Bushes was in 2000, and the Bushes did did this interesting thing. They did a speech out on tennis courts one, two, and three, and uh, it was all kind of ad hoc. Uh, it was like uh, I told you about them bursting into the room, uh, the, the 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 young Bushes, mm-hmm. and Ed and Mom came up, and they had been—they had not been on the campaign trail with them at all to this point, uh, throughout the whole primary uh, season. Uh, and so this was their one surprise, and the people didn't know they were here, and they knew that the crowd would go wild when, uh, when they introduced Mom and Dad, and so uh, <laughs> they—they they hadn't choreographed anything, so. We're all standing together talking, and now it's like a huddle. Okay, so what are we going to do? Well, <laughs> let's call out. Let's do a uh, 42 plunge on three. <laughs> <laughs> that, and that's basically the way it came out. George W. Uh, only spoke for about two minutes, and then he said, but you guys aren't here to see me today. You're here for entertainment, and we've got it for you, basically. you know. So – he introduces mom and dad. The the crowd didn't know they were there, and they were in, in outside the door. You know where the fit, uh, door to the fitness center is now. Yep, yep. 
they were outside there waiting with Laurie and myself and a bunch of uh, Lydia Dole and some others. Well, they, mm-hmm. the crowd went crazy. They just wow. went crazy. So he goes up on stage and he, he uh, talks about this uh, son of ours, this this boy, this son of ours. That's mm-hmm. what the, that's the famous thing, that famous line. And then W leans his head on Dad's shoulder. And that iconic picture was taken right then and there. Oh. It appeared the next morning on the front page, a large color picture uh, of the New York Times Sunday edition. Wow. Worldwide. And the caption underneath it, I still have it, uh, is uh, Governor George W. Bush of Texas meets up with his father, former President George H. W. Bush in Hampshire Hills, New Hampshire. <laughs> the postmaster called me a couple days later and asked me if I wanted my own zip code. And I said, yeah, actually. Well, you've got 5,400 members. That's virtually a New Hampshire town. Oh, it's one of the larger ones, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that, that's cool. I'm guessing you probably had, so those are the presidents, but you know, during the campaigns, you probably had... You know, all the all the biggies come by. Oh, uh, we've we we certainly had uh, our share of would-be presidents, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's one of the few places that you can have any size room you want. We are listed in the the book of lists, which is the book of all the largest businesses in uh, New Hampshire by category, and in the book of lists, we're listed number one. But when you look at this, the space available, we are twice as much a space as the next, as the next largest venue. So I, I get a big kick out of it. And one of our ads one year, when one of our ads one year was, uh, they talked about. Oh, I wish I, I wish I could quote it exactly. It was priceless. Oh, Reagan. Just, uh, it, it named the different presidents. Right. Uh, it said the two Bushes and the Donald. The Donald. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they all wanted. They all wanted Hampshire Hills, and uh, uh, they all they all chose Hampshire Hills. Yeah, it, it was just uh, a, a cute ad. Yeah, but well, yeah, it, it is a big space. Big and you know, I've never had a complaint from our members about the campaigns being there. Nope. Never a complaint. Uh, obviously, there's going to be probably, generally speaking, 50-50. 50 who would be voting for them and 50 who wouldn't be voting for them. Right. Uh, or, you know, an assortment if it's a primary time. But um, in all these years, we've never had any uh, negativity because our members know that we have to use our facilities occasionally for mm-hmm. functions. But you'll never see... In all these years, Hampshire Hills has never taken a position of promoting uh, a, a specific candidate. Yeah, and so um, that wouldn't uh, be that wouldn't be uh, smart. There's enough for that conversation in the locker rooms, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> I bet there is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, just, just locker room talk. That's all. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, so neat. This is this is uh, going kind of long, but but I'm going to keep going because uh, I might split this into two episodes. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, 
I certainly know a, a lot of the history, and yeah. we've had some pretty uh, crazy things that have happened over the years, um, some wonderful things and some pretty crazy things. Yeah, you you get you gave me a few teasers early on. Um, you, you want to talk about the the ice storm? I don't oh. know. What, I don't know what story you were going to tell, but I do remember it was everyone is going to Hampshire Hills to shower during the ice storm. I remember that. Yeah, uh, I, I think I think you opened it up to the public, or at least we 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 had uh, we had it was on a Friday night, early early December, uh, and uh, all of this all of the weather reports were, you know, it might get some icing. This could be uh, you could have some power power outages, so be prepared. Well, I was prepared with our standby generator at the dome, and. Uh, I stayed there virtually all night long, and I have a night watchman, and he was there with me, and we were just waiting for the power to go out. Well, through the night, it's it's almost like uh, uh, the uh, the uh, attack on Fort McHenry, and, <laughs> you know, the bombs bursting in there. We would see these flashes, brilliant wow. flashes, blue light lighting up the sky, and every Every minute or two minutes, you'd see another transformer uh, fuse go, and, and the, they go with a, a loud bang and a big flash. Right, and uh, it was ubiquitous everywhere we looked. We saw them. We knew it was just a matter of time. Well, finally, yeah, we lost power, and our generator came on. And okay, everything's running smoothly. Well, we made it through the night, and. Uh, uh, in the morning, I said, "Wow, this is this this sounds pretty bad." And uh, the TV, we still had uh, we still had TV, and we could uh, see that that those problems everywhere. Well, I left the dome in his care for that that moment, and I shot home to set up a generator for my family here in Amherst. Mm-hmm. And I went back over there, and uh, you know. Things things were running pretty well on Saturday, and around uh, one o'clock, I think, on Saturday, we got our power back on at Hampshire Hills. And we got all these everyone to come and get warm and shower and get some food and whatever. Well, I got a call, and, and, and I got a call uh, Sunday morning from PSNH, and they said, you know. Uh, we always thought that we could maybe use Hampshire Hills if we had an emergency and we've got one. Can, can we meet? And I said, sure. Yeah, I'll be here first thing uh, Monday morning. And he said, no, uh, actually, are you there now? And I said, yes. <laughs> he said, can we meet now? And I said, yeah, how, how long before you can be here? And they said, one hour. Well, they showed up, five of them, and they showed me photographs uh, that were taken, aerial photographs, uh, that were taken of uh, uh, West Milford and Lineborough and Wilton and uh, oh New Ipswich. Uh, it looked like a bomb had gone off, and it's wow. not necessarily what you see right next to the road, but inland uh, where where the high tension lines, everything was messed up. But it really looked like Tanguska or wherever that meteor hit in Russia. It mm-hmm. was. It was amazing. And they said, we need your help. And I said, well, okay, how can we, how can we help? He said, we need a place for 50 to 60 uh, trucks. 
and they're going to be towing uh, telephone poles on telephone pole trailers. And this is the only place they can really pull in and, and uh, pull out of uh, easily, uh, and park around the dome, use the field, use everything you got. And I said, sure, sure. And also, one other thing, and they said, they said what? Can, can you house maybe two or 300 of our linemen? No. <laughs> that would require three meals a day. Wow. That's something. So they stayed there, like you set up cots? Oh, uh, no. Mattresses. We bought every mattress that was available in New Hampshire and Northern Massachusetts, basically. Wow. All the, the hotels had already been taken by families. Uh, yeah. So there was no no room at, at, at the uh, manger. So how long was power out for you? I mean, most of the town was out for like 15 days, right? It was... It was uh... 11 days, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Hampshire Hills was out only for one, about one day. Wow. And we got true. back and uh, we were just lucky even before PSNH called me. Well, I was going to say helping PSNH, I'm sure helped, <laughs> help uh, them decide which polls to fix first. <laughs> well, uh, ironically, uh, that, uh, that's probably not really what happened. We were just lucky. Yeah. But my house in Amherst was one of the last ones to get power. And I never asked them. <laughs> I never told them my problem. I just said, keep filling up that generator, kids. Yeah, uh, no, it, it's funny. We we hit lost. I, I live not far from Hampshire Hills. I'm just down on Route 13. And we we only lost power for a couple of days. It wasn't bad. But after that, I went out and bought a generator. Never had a generator before. And from that day, the day I bought that generator, we have not lost power since. Well, hey, uh, it's, you're 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 lucky. We yeah. we have we have we we lost it for a longer period of time during the Halloween storm. You remember the storm two days before Halloween? Oh yeah, uh, yep. it was up six years ago, and we we were out for a day and a half, maybe yeah. almost yeah. two days, and that was that's a long time when you've got a dome in the in the air and you're hoping that your generator doesn't croak. Yeah, because you have to you have to maintain pressure over there, right? Correct, yeah. correct, and uh, that creates a lot of pressure in my veins uh, <laughs> when you're without it. I actually bought a second generator this year, so that uh, if we had a major storm and we the, the caterpillar stopped, we'd have another one that we could turn on and and uh, and get going. We also have some standby blowers that are run by propane. Right. But they, you know, they are what they are. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to have plenty of uh, redundancy. Uh, another th- another th- uh, thing that happened uh, that we were we were I think I think in a way we've been uh, forerunners. Um, but when we fed those those men for ten days, uh, three meals a day, and these guys would come in, uh, don't forget it was. December, but it was cold and snowy, and right. we had uh, these men would come in soaking wet after working 10, 12 hours out on the lines, putting up new lines, cold weather, and they would be frozen, and they would come in and try to get, they would get warmed up. Some of them would go in the sauna, some would go into the pool area, mm-hmm. but they would go a beeline for the food, and we would have these massive tables set up with all kinds of food, and they would, they would almost to a man, take two plates 
and fill them both and go sit down and devour both platefuls. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sure, I'm sure. A package of cookies or whatever off and they'd go crash. And then around 5.30, they would amble back into the tennis courts, which were now a cafeteria, and they would take two more plates and go <laughs> fill up. They were like bears, you know, hungry bears. That's all I could think of. And then on their way out, they would grab usually two pre-packed uh, uh, lunches that, that were ready for them to take out on their trucks with them. Wow. The, uh, some of the pictures, some of the videos that I took were amazing. But one of my favorites is shows all of their buckets up in the air, filling our parking lots with these prehistoric cranes, uh, you know, these these creatures that look like almost like some kind of, kind of dinosaur up in the air, wow. dozens, dozens of them. And uh, I, I, I finally asked them, you know, is what is this? Is, is this some camaraderie thing, this salute to each other that you do that? And they looked at me like, what are you, nuts? <laughs> and I said, no, really, what is it? He said, that's so people won't steal our tools. Oh, <laughs> that makes sense. That makes perfect right. sense. How can anybody get up there and steal our tools? So their valuables were up in the air 20 feet, 30 feet, whatever. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's cool. It's one of the things that I think you find amazing is maybe 20 years ago on Easter uh, Easter Eve, uh, actually, it turned out to be about 2 o'clock on Easter morning, uh, a band of thieves uh, – a, a coterie assembled while they were in jail previously uh, broke into Hampshire Hills. <clears throat> wow. And they somehow uh, knew where our safe was. They knew where our administration department was. And uh, they were able to break into that and stole money. They broke open our safe. They stole money. They stole a bunch of other stuff. And uh, police figured they were in there for probably about a half hour. What the police really feel is they had scouted it out for probably an hour and cut our security lines. The security lines that we had were not monitored uh, other than if an alarm sounded, so that if they cut the power to it, uh, it didn't, it didn't uh, send a signal. It was. It's only if they broke the uh, broke the line that would you know send actually detect a break in. So they probably just sat there for for forty five minutes to see if any police showed up. Wow! When, when no police showed up, they went in and took what they wanted. So um, the police came to us uh, again to. Uh, to ask us some more questions, and we we said to them, uh, you know, there is something that they took that might be of interest to you. They stole some of our walkie-talkies. Hmm. And the police said, oh, yeah, okay, what kind were they? And we said, well, they're, you know, a good, a good brand. But what's more important is we had them set to an obscure um, – uh, code uh, so that when they sent the signal out, 
uh, we wouldn't get interference from other people in the town of Milford or the police or the fire because we oh. needed those uh, lines, those channels open. Yep. So about two weeks later, Milford PD got a call from Dover PD. Dover said in the seacoast, there have been uh, several burglaries that have almost the exact MO that was used on Hampshire Hills. And so Milford said, hey, we'll come up and we'll go out on patrol with you and see if we can figure out who's doing this. So they went up there on a certain night. I think it was a Friday or a Saturday night. And they got there from uh, about uh, 10, 20 minutes late to go out with Dover PD. So the two Milford detectives are driving around and they turned on the walkie talkies. And they, they, uh, they, their own walkie-talkies uh, or mobile radios. So they mm-hmm. turned it to that obscure channel just to see if for some reason they were using those stolen walkie-talkies. And out of nowhere came conversation on those channels. Wow. It was in code. But they said, oh, my God, it's got to be those guys. Nobody else would ever be using this channel. Right. So – now they don't want to, they don't want to uh, arouse suspicion. So they stopped at a Dunkin' Donuts, and back then there was a payphone in the parking lot, and they called Dover PD because they didn't want to use a walkie-talkie, I mean, you know, mobile radio, because it's surely being monitored by the criminals. Mm-hmm. So they called and uh, told them what they had found. And they said, we're going to drive around here and try to use triangulation and try to figure out, you know, by the strength of, of the signal where, where they're breaking in or what they're doing or where they are. Well, come to find out, uh, <clears throat> they were breaking into a U-Haul facility uh, oh. <laughs> and making a big haul. Um because it was the weekend of UNH coming back into session and everybody's moving back onto campus. Ah, yeah. And so everyone's renting you all trucks and trailers and everything. And they figured out there must be a lot of cash uh, from the activities of the weekend. So they got there and found out that uh, burglars had escaped except for one guy. They caught him trying to get out of there. They had cut a hole in the wall to avoid the security system. Wow! And, uh, they were and they uh, they made a hole. And but the one guy they caught, they couldn't break him. They could not break him, and they tried everything. But uh, after getting a, a search warrant, they were able to search where this guy had been living, and they found a pair of jeans. And in the pair of jeans, in the back pocket was a receipt for a rental, storage rental, um, a unit. Mm-hmm. So they got a, a, another warrant, and they went there, and they opened it up, and they found uh, stolen items from 30 open cases, 30 wow. distinct robberies. Wow. Did, did, did you get any of your stuff back? Uh, no. Actually, we got... Uh, I, I we might have gotten the walkie-talkies back eventually. But <laughs> it was it was years, wow. believe me. It was like two years before they were able to uh, say the stuff could be released. 
And uh, uh, but they did have to pay um, pay back what they had stolen. Oh, okay. Over the years, uh, these these criminals did have to make restitution, mm-hmm. and that, and that bought them. I, I guess that saved them two years of, of sentences, sentence mm-hmm. sentencing, as long as they they stayed true to uh, their payback. But that's such an interesting. And Tom Sapienza figured it out. I mean, he figured out there might be some some help by uh, telling about the obscure channels that, that we were using. Wow, that's 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 great. Another another police story that is kind of crazy is maybe uh, twelve. I'd say twelve years ago, um, we had the Milford PD come in to the club. It was around noontime, and uh, they said uh, quite curtly, "We need to see every member who's been in here this morning. Every person. We need to see their names." And we said, geez, uh, what happened? I mean, why? What do you what do you need to know? They said, well, there was, there was an, an attempted abduction of a, a nine-year-old boy here this morning. Wow. Yeah, yikes. So uh, we said, geez, uh, we, we have a pretty good idea of who's, who's been here, but I can't guarantee you we, we know everybody. Um, but... You know, uh, three weeks ago, we installed a fairly sophisticated uh, security uh, video system. And we might be able to see when this boy came in. And so <clears throat> we, they, they, were, they were immediately enthralled that we ha- had this system. Mm-hmm. And they were able to identify the boy and his uh, mother and his aunt. Oh, no, I'm sorry. The boy, his aunt, and his aunt's friend. Two women and this boy. They came in. We knew what time they came in. And we were able to follow them around the club for uh, about 45 minutes. And the two women went out and played tennis for maybe a half hour. And then they came off and picked up the boy and, and they left. During that period of time, the man in the green coat that tried to abduct this boy didn't materialize. Hmm. Where the boy had said that the man had come to approach him never materialized. And as a matter of fact, a man in a green coat never even came in the club that morning. Without that information, we never would have been able to prove that the kid was making the story up. Oh, wow. So that was the, he, he was making it up. Did he ever admit to it? Yep. Finally, when they confronted him with the video, he broke down and he said that he had seen a story, a, a TV show where the same thing happened to a boy and uh, come to find out the father had recently left the family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the boy was just devastated and was searching for some kind of uh, attention. But mm-hmm. you know what the you know what the headlines on the union leader would have been, and the headline on WMUR mm-hmm. exactly. attempted abduction at Hampshire Hills. 
How yeah. do you how do you counter that? There's yeah. nothing you can say. You you just have to believe it. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> that system, three week old system, paid for itself that day. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that that's that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. We've expanded it now. Now uh, we pretty much I I can go on my I'm at home right now. I can go on my uh, iPhone and I can see people dining out back. I can see people swimming in the swimming pools. I can see people everything live that is happening right now at Hampshire Hills. I can tell you what the pressure is right now inside the. Inside the dome, I, wow, that's <laughs> great! Amazing. I think we have fifty-six cameras uh, that can help us make sure that we feel that our members are secure, no matter where they are. And when our staff leaves at night, they're secure. Um, everything that we've done to pretty much ensure the security of our members and the safety of our members and staff, uh, we've done. Yeah, well, that's that's awesome. And the same thing we're trying to do for for the COVID uh, situation. Yeah, I was just going to say this is a good segue to, to you know we want to talk a little bit about that. We have spaced things like no other. I cannot. I, I've toured some other clubs, and they're all trying to do a good job. They really are, but nobody has the space that we have. Nobody is able to use outdoor spaces uh, the way that we can. Um, you know. Uh, this it's not too bad doing a yoga class on on soft uh, croquet lawn, uh, <laughs> tai chi <laughs> on the putting green. Uh, yeah. Not too bad, not too shabby. Yeah. Uh, the restaurant, uh, the deck restaurant, has uh, been spaced perfectly so that people are much more than six feet apart. Right. Um, uh, the ventilation that we have has been stepped up. We've got people cleaning. I don't know. You've, you've seen them. Yep. People are cleaning constantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything is being wiped down uh, consistently, constantly with the very highest uh, uh, disinfectant uh, products we can find. Uh, we have foggers. Uh, we just have taken this extraordinarily seriously. I took the governor through the club to see that we what we've done. He saw the defenders, and he just shook his head. He said, wow. Nobody. He said, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, but. Um, Have the members responded? Are they coming back? What, like, are you back to, you, I'm guessing you're not back to your normal levels yet. No, we're not. We're, uh, they're coming back, but we're, it, it's, it's slow with people who are concerned and mm-hmm. we want, we want them to come back and participate in whatever they feel good about but a lot of them are coming back and participating in the outdoor activities for, for now. Right. Uh, some of them go to play tennis on the tennis courts. Uh, we let them just go through the rear gate. They, they, they check in, they tell us, they call us or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. They don't have to come inside the club if they don't, don't want to. We have, uh, <clears throat> we have made a point of replacing a lot of our uh, materials uh, you'll see when next week we open the new uh, men's health spa. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's uh, who has glass lockers, right? <laughs> you know, these these we just wipe these lockers down with our disinfectant and nothing. 
there's no rust. There's no places for stuff to get in and 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 uh, harbor odors or or be hard to sanitize. Our whole our whole push for the past year has been modernize with materials that are easy to clean and stay clean. Mm-hmm. And ironically, it's kind of just in time for COVID. We had no idea. Yeah. Uh, no idea. But there's so much new in the club now. Yeah. All four locker rooms are all glass lockers now. All four locker rooms. Wow. Wow. Uh, and tile and uh, hard surfaces uh, to make sure we can clean to the nth degree. The way we we disinfect our pools is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just uh, it's a, a totally uh, safety oriented, and we are we're going to keep it up. Yeah, and and you're doing okay. I mean, business wise, it's you're you're going to get through it. You think we we oh yeah we we just keep. We keep grinding away and looking at uh, all the ways we can continue to promote the things that that people want and need. Our our food service is is fabulous. It's never been better, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's maintaining, I'd say, ninety five percent of the revenue uh, that we had before. Wow! Uh, of course, we took a huge hit. From March fifteenth to uh, to June, uh, because obviously we weren't charging for 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 dues, and we did, we were basically shut shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, but as as we reopened, uh, uh, we got a substantial number of members uh, back in, and uh, the utilization of the salon, the utilization of uh, the restaurant and everything. Sure, we we set everything up differently. Um, for the salon, we had people come uh, over a longer period of hours, but fewer people. We'd have two people at a time utilizing the salon services, so that uh, uh, <clears throat> they had basically individual spaces. But but we didn't lose any customers. So mm-hmm. that's that's. Uh, that's the neat thing about it all. Yeah, they, they trust us. They know we're going to do a, a great, a great job for them, and the quality of of the services that we have is is, is wonderful. It's very high. Uh, Tim, I have the best team I've ever had. Number mm-hmm. one, best team I know of of, of any club. They're yeah, so for what they do. Yeah, no, they're they're wonderful. I you know I'm I'm one of the early ones. I'm I'm one of the five amers. <laughs> down there um and yeah it's a great team it's always nice getting there that early in the morning and getting a smile at the I, front know. Desk. I know and they, As a matter of fact, i you know when you were talking about the ice storm i don't know if it was the ice storm i don't think it was but i specifically remember one morning pulling into hampshire hills at you know 5 15 or something it was pitch dark and you were standing at the end of the driveway um by the you know by the Emerson Road, right by the end of the driveway, stopping all the cars and telling us that I think the power was out. It was so- something had happened and that you weren't open, and, and you were standing out there telling us all at five thirty in the morning. Oh yeah, well, uh, I I really really uh, enjoy uh, when I can be be helpful above what I normally do. Right, and uh, that's an opportunity 
for people like me and McKinley and Tom to uh, go above and beyond uh, leadership-wise. It's 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 an opportunity for us. Yep. We, we don't look, look for times of crisis, but when those times are there, we have an opportunity to show the rest of the team and our members that hey, we'll we'll be there come hella high water, uh, trying to help out in any way we can. So. Uh, I don't look at it as extraordinary. I look at it as an opportunity. Yeah. Oh, no, that's great. That's great. Um, I know I was impressed. So let's see. So, uh, God, we've gone here for like almost two hours. That's great. Uh, So is there anything that you wanted to talk about that we didn't get to? Going through my notes here. Uh, I appreciate you having me, me on. It's always it's always a delight for, for me to, to talk about what uh, Hampshire Hills offers the community. It's kind of neat that we have what we have to offer because getting you know, one of my big kicks is, well, there are two of them, actually. People who come back who were members in the past who relocated to Atlanta or, or Albany or some other city somewhere. And they come back and they say, we just thought that there's got to be another Hampshire Hill somewhere. <laughs> and we haven't been able to find it. Yeah. Uh, and that's happened so many times. It's, 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 it's wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful uh, to me. Um, we had a, a, a man who now lives in uh, Southern Massachusetts who came to dine uh, a couple of weeks ago and meet a friend who is a member here. And he was telling me that, Back, he was here, part of the crew that helped build Hampshire Hills in 1973. Wow! And I can't believe what you've done here. This is amazing. This is uh, unbelievable. I didn't even think it would still be here. <laughs> <laughs> you made it so big, and um, <clears throat> but then we get the people who come for an event, uh, particularly to the dome, right? Uh, and they. They go in, and if, uh, when you first go in, it doesn't look as big as it is when you get inside. Mm-hmm. You can't imagine a full-size soccer field or football field. You can't imagine uh, a, almost a full-size track around the outside of the football field. Right. Uh, but you see outside, when I designed it, I, I put the towers in there to hold the lights to simulate uh, a stadium. Right. I wanted stadium lighting. I didn't want to have stuff hanging from the ceiling. But people come from Westchester County, New York, and, and some of these other places for some of these events, and they say, how, how can you have this in Milford, New Hampshire? <laughs> uh, how is that possible? Yeah. And that's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a, a wonderful thing for me to hear. Yeah. But it takes me all the way back to 1976 when I first came to play in a – a tennis uh, a pro-am tournament where um, it was a charity tournament, actually. And there were there's some Celtics here and some Patriots here. Uh, and they were uh, part of the charity event. And I was blown away by what the place looked like in the middle of a cow field in or corn field in Milford, New Hampshire. They said, "This is this is incredible. How could this possibly be here?" Yeah, right. Then I heard that there were, there were uh, a little bit of uh, 
it's it's got to be mafia money or something. How can anybody build this? Afford to build this here? Yeah, really. And, but they never knew the John Barreto story. Mm-hmm. You see, mm-hmm. he, he had a dream, and uh, that's how it all started. But if you look somewhere, and I think the uh, the Manchester Union leader back probably in 1977, uh, they were talking about the possibility of gambling in New Hampshire, gambling coming to New Hampshire, mm-hmm. what it would look like. And uh, at the end of the story, they talked about no one even knows where they would locate the, cas- uh, the casino. And the final paragraph said, the only speculation so far has been that it would be at Hampshire Hills in Milford. <laughs> but isn't that funny? Yeah. Uh, and I, I remember reading that and I was saying to myself, what the heck? Yeah. Um, I've only been there one time, but I said, well, that's a pretty big place. It is. Uh, and, and knowing uh, what I know now, I never would have thought that I would wind up owning Hampshire Hills. Yeah. And it, it's been a dream. It's been a lot of work. A lot of stress at times. So I'm sure. lots of years. But I wouldn't have traded it for the for the for the world. Mm. It's been a it's been a, a a wonderful ride, and I've got the best team to ride along with. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you do. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate this. Well, thank you, Tim. And uh, like I said, anytime you want to talk. Thank you also to everyone who has tuned in. I, I hope you enjoyed the discussion and maybe learned a little bit more about the history of this long-time uh, great facility. Our theme music for this episode was written and performed by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on most major podcast applications. You can also stream directly from our website at GraniteTalk.com. As always, we welcome any and all feedback or suggestions you may have for future episodes. We invite you to go to Granite Talk's Facebook page at facebook.com slash Granite Talk. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you join us again for another episode of Granite Talk.